Hey, it's the Graveyard Girls, a true crime and mysteries podcast. Join us every week in our cosy crypt as we dig up some of the strangest and darkest cases from around the world. Available wherever you get your podcasts, you can also find us on Instagram under the Graveyard Girls podcast. In the meantime, keep creeping and we'll keep digging. Just one thing I want to let you guys know about. I noticed that there is some issues um, with the recording. I've tried to edit and go around it as much as I can, but this has been a rough one. For those of you who know, and I know several of you do, we've talked about it, and I want to just be as honest with my listeners as I can. I have a condition called non-convection cardiomyopathy, and my heart is going into heart failure. I have good days, and I have bad, and I'm going through some very bad days. And as you guys might notice, I've, I've had some difficulty breathing, and that is some of the gasping that you will be hearing on this recording. I've tried to edit and record my way through it, but I, I'm not able to get it all fully. And so I just wanted to warn any listeners as you're hearing it, it's not issues within the recording. It's just issues within that. So I just wanted to be honest and warn listeners as you're hearing this episode. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Marianne, dog mom, baker, true crime podcast maker. And today we're coming to you with a very special episode for Halloween. It's not a fun, spooky episode. It's an episode to bring awareness about a case. A case that happened in 1987. A case that family are still begging for answers. Somebody out there knows something. As with so many of our cases, someone out there holds the key and holds all the answers, and they aren't coming forward. And we're here asking, whoever you are, it's been long enough. Let the families have some sort of peace of mind. So today we're going to talk to you about the case of Shannon Marie Olson. Now Shannon Marie Olson was just your typical teen in Wichita, Kansas. But Wichita, Kansas in the 80s was not typical. He had the serial killer BTK on the loose. Maybe she didn't take it quite seriously. And a lot of times, everybody wants to lump everything that happened in Wichita under BTK. I want to warn our listeners, just go into this with an open mind and don't do that. Okay? All right. Here we go. No matter how much the media attempted to sensationalize the story in the 80s, there also was no witchcraft. No voodoo, no occult involved with what happened to Shannon Olson. It was an act of evil of a person or persons 
who saw Shannon out that night, and whether this was planned or she was a victim of opportunity, her young life and all the possibilities of what she could have become was taken away from her on October 31st, 1987. So Shannon Olson was visiting a friend who lived in Southeast Wichita. Their plans were to go trick-or-treating and then to spend the night at this friend's house. Now, this friend stated that Shannon got thirsty. Now, when we state Shannon got thirsty, Shannon wanted some liquor. That's not unusual. Yeah, she was 15, but come on. Let's go back to when all of us were 15. We, we all did some things we aren't really should have been doing, but we did them, and that's how it goes. And Shannon, she was independent. Shannon was her own person. And Shannon was a wildflower in Kansas, but she wasn't originally from Kansas. So that also probably sparked a lot of who Shannon was. Shannon's family had moved to Wichita from Council Bluffs, Iowa, 10 years prior, after her mother had a divorce. And Shannon's home life was very tumultuous. But it appeared that she did communicate pretty well with her mother and her stepfather about the things that were going on in her life. And that is a rarity in the, today's day and age. And they said it wasn't unusual for Shannon to be gone for several days and then to suddenly just return. As long as they knew what was going on in Shannon's life, they just didn't worry. So for Shannon to go off and go find some liquor wasn't unusual. But one of the things I did find unusual about this story was that Shannon went off to go get something to drink, but she didn't take her purse with her. Did she have cash in her pocket? I don't recall anything on the autopsy results or anything about money being on her. Was she robbed? There aren't any specifics about this. And I have a lot of questions. One of the things the media continues to focus on is the fact that Shannon had a pentagram tattoo on her ankle. In the 1980s, satanic panic was everywhere. The media went so far as to interview quote-unquote witches in her high school who said they had nothing to do with her murder. They weren't focusing on the crime. They were focusing on kids who were a little different from everybody else. So... Let's focus on the crime. Shannon was supposed to go trick-or-treating with a friend. Her friend says that she was the last person to see Shannon alive. Shannon left her house, she says, to go get something to drink. She leaves her purse at her friend's house to go get something to drink. And she's never seen again. 
Two days later, a couple of fishermen find Shannon's body. And what we're able to figure out is that sometime in the few hours between Shannon leaving her friend's house and when those fishermen find her body, Shannon was taken to a deserted sand pit and stripped. Her hands were bound with pieces of her clothing. Her attacker or attackers stabbed her over 40 times about the throat and chest. They then slashed her throat with such force they severed the carotid artery and trachea. Her body was then left facing down in the shallow water of a pond at Hillside and East 33rd Street North. Now this is next to John's Sludge Pond, where at least two earlier murder victims had been dumped. As I'd said, her body was found by fishermen around 2.50 p.m. the next day. She was identified later by her stepfather, John Allen Earl. Her stepfather, he had heard a description of a young woman found during a news broadcast. They had stated a pentagram had been found on the girl's ankle. And at that moment, he just knew it was Shannon. I can't imagine how hard that had to be for him to know he had to rush to the police station to identify his stepdaughter. Now, police state there were signs of a struggle next to the pond, and that was evident Shannon was not about to go down without a fight, and that shows Shannon was a strong young woman. Again, the pentagram on her ankle caused just this brouhaha of people and their theories. But now there were other theories. Some say Shannon Olson's murder has frightening similarities to Kelly Fager. She and her sister were drowned in the family hot tub after being subdued with electrical tape. Kelly had been sexually assaulted and their father had been shot and killed. A local handyman was found in their car sometime later in Florida, but he was acquitted of this murder, of these murders. The jury foreman, he utilized satanic panic again as his platform as the reason for all the killings that have been happening in Wichita. Now, you can go back and hear our coverage of the Fager murders in one of our archived podcast. Next, we have a lot of people utilizing the BTK reasoning for Shannon Olson's murder. Again, a lot of people want to neatly file away a lot of the 80s murders under BTK. But you cannot force the MO to match the killer. BTK was apprehended on February 25th, 2005. He took responsibility for 11 murders that occurred in Wichita. Now again, we had discussed this in a podcast, and we also discussed the Fager murders. You can go back and listen to those in our previous podcast. Now, BTK 
did send a letter to Mary Fager about the Fager murders. He denied any responsibility and made some grotesque comments. You can go back and hear that when we talk about the Fager murders. Now, this has been unsettling for the residents of Wichita for some time because these two crimes, one happened on Halloween and the other one happened shortly after Christmas in 1987. These crimes happened so close to one another and they have both technically been unsolved today. One was a young girl out just having fun on a Halloween night. Another, a young family just after Christmas. Now, Bill Butterworth, he was the handyman for the Fager family. His attorney tried to introduce Shannon Olson's case as evidence as to how he could not have committed the Fager family murder. Not quite sure how his attorney would have resolved that because it was never introduced. But there are some alarming similarities. But I just want to go back and I want to question and go back to the point of Shannon Olson left the house without her purse. And that has always just not sat well with me. And she was killed by a pond where there was a struggle. Somebody out there knows something. Somebody out there has some sort of information about Shannon. Shannon was a beautiful, bright, young woman. She was a wildflower in the middle of sunflowers in Kansas. And somebody plucked her out and took her away way too early. Someone here or someone somewhere has the information to help this case, maybe not solve it, but to help provide some information, some direction for the Wichita Police Department. And we're asking you, you can contact the tip line the Wichita Police Department also has a cold case website. You can go there and provide information. Please help this family get some sort of closure. It has been much too long. The case of Shannon Olson haunts us in Wichita. Her crime was brutal, it was gory, and it was right out of a horror movie. But unlike most horror movies, it didn't have an ending. Let's give Shannon Olson's family an ending. Thank you for listening. Please share the information. And let's give Shannon Olson some justice. I want to thank you guys for listening to today's and all the other podcasts. These cases would never gain the traction that they do without you guys, the listeners, listening to these podcasts and sharing the victim stories. Their families really need your help and we really appreciate it. Also, I wanna thank the Graveyard Girls for the trailer at the beginning of this podcast. They have an amazing podcast that talks about true crime and paranormal activity. 
They're from the UK and they're just a great pair. I also want to talk about Cryptic Soup Pod. They put out a special Halloween episode that guest stars yours truly. I tell a ghost story that actually happened to me as a child. It's a little weird and very spooky and Cryptic Soup actually had a question about the type of smile that the gentleman has in the story. And let me tell you, it wasn't like the big smile in the movie smile. It was just enough to be unsettling, if that answers your question, guys. Okay, well, thank y'all for listening, and tune in next week where we'll have a new case from Kansas. Thanks a lot, and check us out next week.